It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And with that, we do not have to wait for a Didi Kinkle ball until 12.15 because we have the GOAT sideline reporter joining us right now live. What's up, Didi? <laughs> How are you guys? That's hard when I come in that way when I'm sitting here saying, hey, I need to get this in before my very, very late workout. <laughs> I've been, I've been, per- and that's my daughter turning on a light that we don't need on, but thank right. you very much. I've been uh, purging my basement of toys. Really? And, and the light's uh, back oh, on. Yeah. She wants you to be in the spotlight there, Aditi. You know what? She's from Cleveland, which just means she's a pain in the you-know-what. Mm. Well, I'm Actually, I don't know if she's from Cleveland. If you're born in a city, you're not no. really from it. You're just no. a native of it, though, No, right? don't blame Cleveland for, yeah. for her turning on the light. It, it, you have to at least pay taxes <laughs> in one cycle before you can say you're from somewhere. Yeah, that's right. I, 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 by okay, the way, well, she's a native, though. She was born there. Right, right there you go. By the way, I spent six hours in Pittsburgh this weekend. I, uh, I got a complaint about some yinzers in a little bit. But but before we get okay. to that, let's get to this this football game. We spent the first 30 minutes of the show, all of us, in full agreement, which doesn't happen all that often, Didi, but we were in full agreement that the Browns <laughs> have to move on from Cade York. Absolutely have to move on. He can't be trusted. You cannot bring him into the regular season. Kevin Stefanski, who had been defending him the entire preseason, saying he's the starter, he's the starter, he's the starter – when he was asked about it yesterday, of course, said, well, we think he's very talented. To me, that's it. we all think that means they're moving on. Do you think they're moving on from Cade York? I really, My gut says that they're not. Oh, I think that they what? really, truly, truly believe in how talented he is. Oh, my God. He hasn't just suddenly forgotten how to kick the ball. This is just one of those things that I think you've also heard Kevin say he needs to work through. And no. we've seen this happen. Look, you just mentioned Pittsburgh. We saw it happen with Chris Boswell a few years ago. I know. Gee, I'm sorry. I know this is oh, not wait a second. Either, but what if the guy's going to turn into one of the greatest kickers ever and you've He's given not. up on him He's not. before you've Aditi. even given him a chance? Wait a second. I keep people – I keep – hold on one second. Because I keep hearing the same argument and I'm sick of it. You mentioned Chris Boswell. I've heard people say the same thing. Well, Justin Tucker had one down year, but Justin Tucker and Boswell had already had great seasons. Kate York okay, was lousy you know, last year. You know, you you know what you know what could happen here. This is just I'm throwing baseless speculation out there. Yeah. Okay, so just baseless speculation. Take it for what it's worth. He did get hurt. A little bit. So what if on Saturday, what if he needs to start the season on PUP or on IR or something like that, and they bring in another kicker? And they Your let kids him- are running behind you. I love them. It's awesome. I love them. Oh, my gosh. I love them. Yo. Okay. Yo. Stop. You're saying they might, you think they could put them on like season long IR? You know, Victor Cruz. Years and years, years and years ago, I was yeah. a uh, I was a Giants beat reporter, and Victor Cruz ha- was showed these amazing signs in the preseason. But the Giants didn't necessarily really have a spot at wide receiver, and he wasn't quite ready. Although he showed unbelievable potential and talent and promise, and he ended up spending the season on IR and seasoning. And then we all know what happened after that. And I'm not saying it was a fake injury. I'm not saying that he wasn't actually injured. But certain things like that have been known to happen. I like that. I like that little thing. I I'll like that. Keeping that whole but again, room. again, I have no inside information oh, here. He can't be I the kicker, though. suggesting that any NFL team skirts the rules in some ways. <laughs> I have children that are not. Li- what do you not understand about this, Nico? <laughs> we shouldn't be Nico is old enough to get this. She maybe is not, but he. You know what? My hu- this is the first week of school tomorrow. Yeah. I can't wait, please. And my husband just left for San Francisco. Probably timed that on purpose, and so here we are. And I've been their toys. So maybe this is payback for the fact that I'm purging toys. But let me ask you, Adam. If they're not playing with the toys anymore, and there's no room in the basement, you have to move on from the toys, correct? Just like you got to yes. move over yes. to pay your. 
Hundred percent. Oh my God! No, we're all, we're not moving on from Cam. I mean, not we. I just don't see the Browns doing it. I just look at how many yeah. years they gave Anthony Schwartz. Yes, yeah, look at yeah. how many years. They but gave but, but the Schwartz. difference this is. But the difference is, indeed, with it, with Anthony Schwartz, you could have him on the bench. With the kicker, he's got a kick. He's got, and if he costs you games, he can cost you the season. Right, but there, there are not there. Can you, can you guys like mute me for a second, please, so I can just. So you just scream. Yeah, let's, put a, let's put a DD on. Let's put her. Uh, let's put her on hold for a minute. Yo, so, she she about to go so. Oh man, mommy, she's listen as as a kid. Who oh. got whoopings oh. all the time? Who stayed with a whooping? I oh got, my god! Oh, I listen, got touched up. <laughs> listen, I feel. Did you see her face? She oh. was pissed. I feel so sorry for them kids right now. They don't even know it. Yeah, they don't even know it. They don't even. They and don't I'm glad it. that we we're not going to show it, but she is going to town on them right now. Oh <laughs> lord! Hey, don't don't amp them up. See, yeah. this is a different generation. In my generation, it was cool to get beat on TV. I don't. Bo- <laughs> like, I, you, I'm anti that. I got. I got. Used to get. Ah, get over here! Oh, look at this. Move. Man, I got, whooped, I got whooped in front of my second grade class one time. Oh, wow. I'm I, not a, that's not I, a problem. We, we have a Didi. We have a Didi back. Hey, a Didi. Earl. A Didi. There's a meme floating yes. around. I, I know I personally enjoy it. <laughs> it's parents everywhere saying, School, come get y'all kids. <laughs> <laughs> come get y'all kids. <laughs> oh, <I laughs> Tell the schools every school. It's time for y'all to come <laughs> get y'all kids. We yeah, are tired. Oh. I mean, we, this is insane. You know, we the tied. Right next to mine started last week. Whoa! Clearly, I'm not. Excuse me. I need you to. <laughs> you can't like scold your children in public. Let wow. <laughs> Say hi to everybody. Hi. Hi, hi baby. Okay. Now, now, can you go, please? Okay, take the cheese and go. All right, Aditi, I do have a question right. for you. So yeah, wait, but let me go. But let me go back to the kicker thing okay, really quickly, yeah. guys. Kickers are not a dime a dozen. You don't just find them growing on trees whenever you want them. You see an Evan McPherson, a Justin Tucker, a Chris Boswell. The Browns haven't given up on Cade York having that sort of talent. They think there's something he needs to work through. Now, Anthony Schwartz is a little bit different because from the from the word go. They recognized that he was not a natural pass catcher. They were hoping they could develop him into one. Cade is a kicker. He does have the leg. He knows how to do it. There's something going on right now. And let's not forget, he's a young, he's not a kid, but he's a young man. And there were certain things that kind of were not set up for him to succeed a year ago. And so they're just not going to give up. They're not going to sit here and say, okay, well, maybe in some ways we messed with his head a little bit, and now we're just going to throw him to the wolves. Robbie Especially Gould. because they still believe in his talent. Robbie Gold, Aditi. We need Robbie Gold. Aditi, Is he, I am. Are the, are the, I thought the 49ers were bringing him back. Well, Who was bringing him back? I think they offered yeah. him a deal. Oh, did they? they I think yeah. they offered him a deal. I'm not sure what's that. Aditi. I am yes. huge on Martin Emerson Jr. I've told McNuggets plenty of times, I think by season's end, that he can be the best corner on this team. When you look throughout the preseason, he was the guy who really made the play on the, on the, uh, on the I think it was at the McLeod interception against Kansas City. You've seen a couple of preseason games ago, snatched the ball out the receiver's hands even though they, blow, they blew it dead. I think this guy can take a major step forward. I know I had Grant Delpit as my breakout player for the Browns defense in 2023. I think I want to change that right now to Martin Emerson Jr. Are you seeing what I'm seeing from this guy? I think everybody's saying it. I mean, if he could be even stickier than he was a year ago, he is even stickier. And that kid has so much moxie and so much self-confidence. And he's playing in a great secondary. I mean, if you're a quarterback, who are you throwing towards? You want to throw away from Denzel Ward. You want to throw away from Greg Newsom, especially if he's in the slot over there. And then you're not throwing at MJ Emerson. So, yes, I totally see it. And I think that... All of them are going to look even better because of how fierce this front will be. And don't forget, that's the number one rule in defense is that the rush and the coverage go together. The better the rush, the better the coverage looks. The better the coverage, the better the rush looks. Well, I'm going to pick you up back off what Earl was saying. It's like, yeah, I love what Martin Emerson is giving me. I love that. I I like what Greg Newsom gives me. 
I'm just I, I don't why does Denzel Ward get hurt all the time? Like I he's in the concussion protocol as a cornerback who covers people. That's kind of alarming. I don't I, is he tackling wrong or wh what's going on with with Denzel? You know I don't I I'm not I'm definitely not smart enough to tell you that I don't have a medical degree and so I can't give you that piece of it. I hate to ever call anybody injury prone. I do wonder sometimes about body size, though, and hitting that exact right line. You know, it's a conversation I had with JOK this weekend. As you know, JOK is playing just a little bit heavier than he was a year ago. And you've heard him say the best ability is availability. And so it's not heavier than he's ever played in his life. It's only enough that he feels he doesn't sacrifice any quickness or any speed, but it is just a little bit more bulk. Now, some people, I wouldn't know anything about this, but <laughs> some people apparently can't actually put on weight, and no matter what they do, they try, and that's that. I don't know if Denzel has tried to bulk up just a little bit. I don't know if he ever did, and then he felt like he sacrificed some speed or quicks or whatever. I can't speak to any of that. I don't know, but it is, you have to believe that the Browns have had those conversations and are trying to figure that out, especially since JOK is in a position where he's acknowledged, you know what, maybe I need a little bit more meat to me. Mikey, go ahead. Yeah, Didi, I want to preface this by saying I totally understand the first team Chiefs offense didn't play. I am well aware of that. It was the second and third string. It was Shane Bouchelle and Blaine Gabbard at quarterback. But the Browns' defensive efforts were pretty damn impressive, especially in that first quarter. You talked to Juan Thornhill on the sidelines, and I know you were speaking to some other Browns players throughout the game, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Thornhill said they are so excited to play in this Schwartz system. From speaking to them, from seeing up close and personal three weeks in a row now, how evident is the difference in what you see from the first-team defense and those starters this year as opposed to this time question. last season? I'm embarrassing, Adam. Really? They're no, playing you against Steve Buscell. Steve Buscell and Come on, give me a break. They're playing against. They're playing against guys who aren't in the NFL. We don't know yeah, yet how know good what? it is. You know what? Here, I'll give you a counter to that. And they didn't play with the guy that will make that defense go, which is Miles Garrett. Because as good as that front looked, as good as Zadarius Smith looked, as good as Dalvin Tomlinson and Shelby Harris and every single one of them looked, Obo looked. They're all going to look better when Miles Garrett is on the field. And Miles didn't play. I so know you can that play it we, however you, way you want to play it. No, but Mikey's asking a valid question. Mikey's asking I know he is. I'm busting his balls. Difference? Do you feel that the way they go about their jobs, the way they're approaching what they do is different? Yes, I do. And Jim Schwartz nearly took my head off in my halftime interview, and I still felt ready to run through a wall and go play for him. I mean, the man that holds these people, holds these men to a certain level of accountability and a certain standard you know they had in the first half they had oh my god i'm so sorry i wish jim schwartz was in my house you know i got a picture to share with you guys of <laughs> kaya coloring in front of jim schwartz in the yeah. team hotel in the gym and jim schwartz is like you got it was so adorable he's like you have to hold on to those days and all i could say was can I send her to you and can you shape her up, please? And you know what, boy? I'll, I'll back up what Aditi has said because Aditi has been saying since before the preseason started that the Browns defense, regardless of who was out there, it was about an attitude, it was about a yep. style of play, it was about execution. Uh, and you know, Aditi, I got beat up on Twitter too because I was raving about the Browns defense going up against the twos. But yeah. the reason I was is based off the information given from Aditi before I know, they even played the preseason game. But here's game. the point. We can't judge the defense till they play a real game. I think Same you can, every, No, you can't. Of course. I think you can. Yeah. Yes, you, you can. can. Of course, of when course When they play one quarter against backups, it's but just like we're judging, judging Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who's playing two quarters. There's not the time for the team to adjust. There's not starting players. You can make, you know, little judgments, but you can't say that's what it is. We, Adam, Adam, part of being anything. a fan, okay, but part of being a fan is having enormous hope. So you should have some sort of hope right now. It doesn't count. So you look for signs of hope. What are signs of optimism? What are signs to sort of say, okay, this could potentially go well. No one is sitting here and writing in ink that these are the two teams in the yes, Super Bowl. they are. But it is very valid to say, oh, you are? Okay. No, okay. I'm, not. I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm I agree. Saying, 
Yeah. I think it's valid to say this is a defense that is playing with more aggression, that is being held Agreed. to a different standard of accountability. Thanks. That when Zadarius Smith says, I am playing with my seatbelt off, and that's what it looks like on the field, it doesn't really matter who you're going against when you're saying, okay, this is an attitude, like Earl said. This is a swagger. This is an approach. And look, again, to your point, Adam, you're right. They had two, three interceptions, two pick sixes, and Jim Schwartz was like, this is no way to play. You can't go from big play to giving up big play. That's not how you play defense. Okay, fine, great. The, that should make you feel good. That is not somebody sitting here and saying, oh, well, great. At least we got three turnovers. At least we made three splash plays. That's not what the standard for the Browns' defense is going to be this year. And, and so that you should feel good about. The standard shouldn't be determined. We shouldn't and, be doing turnover and, chains in the preseason. And, to me, that's loser mentality. But, but here's the thing. Being come excited on, about the preseason wait, wait, is loser mentality. That's just Juan the, having fun. Hey, that turnover gets, chain is yeah. lame. But, but, Let's but, all admit no, that. But, it's not even Juan. It, it's Tony Fields who brought that Tony Fields brought in that chain this past week. And it was one who said, hey, you know what? Let's take it out of the locker room. And then it was Zadarius that as soon as he saw that, comes running to the sideline, grabs the chain, puts it around Juan's neck. And then, of course, he got to wear it for exactly two plays before Rodney McLeod is intercepting a pass. It goes it around is. Rodney's neck. And then all of a sudden, Caleb Biggers, who's out of a job, P.S., gets an interception, and it's Juan Thornhill screaming, where's the turnover chain? Where's the turnover chain? Let them have a little fun. It's a game. Let them enjoy themselves. It's the preseason. I mean, I think it's so, like, ridiculous to sit here and say, no, you're not allowed to enjoy your job. Well, well, Didi, fair. Well, Didi, I, that was – I couldn't have said it no better. That's that's Gotti. Gotti. That's, that's, like, that's Gotti. Having have fun – but thinking this means anything oh, to me is crazy. But but no, it's no crazy but, I, but I was going to ask you this question. It does mean something because one of the my favorite quotes in all of football is Mike Tomlin saying, "The standard is the standard. If you never set the standard, how do you know what the standard is?" I don't is? think you set the standard in the preseason. No, 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 That's you all do. I'm saying. You do. No, you set. Browns went four and four and the year they went You set the standard. That organizational ethos. There you go. You set standard way back in OTAs. Mm, yeah. Don't say you don't set the standard in the spring. Of course, this is about an organization and how an organization operates and thinks and what they expect. There and the is. best organizations set their standards long before they ever step on a field that matters. Well, then they yeah. went one, two, and one, so well, it was a well, failure. Let me just give you another example. Of of let, let me just give you another <laughs> example. Is I can remember being a kid in grade school, right? And your teacher would say, you know, if you do X, Y, and Z, you get a stinker. And the one with the most stickers at the, at the end of the week, they will be recognized. Now, in the grand scheme of things, the stickers don't mean a damn thing when it comes to my grades and come to my attendance. But it's a psychological thing. You know what? Let me get my hands on that sticker. They, I, I want to wear the chain. Good. And so, like, these guys, they, they just having some fun. But I definitely agree that the attitude, the standard, the swag, all of that, you set that before you get to the regular season because you can't come out against Cincinnati in week one all of a sudden trying to find your identity. And, and if they play poorly in week one, what did all of this matter? You still, the identity is the identity. But like even Jim Schwartz said with, with some of the backups, right? He says, you know, some, he was pissed off at the effort. Aditi, correct me if I'm wrong. But he felt like some of these backup guys who was trying to make the team, that they should have played a little harder. Yeah, y'all got some turnovers and y'all made some plays, but you turn around and you giving up 30-yard, 40-yard passes, that can't go. So all I'm saying is you establish who you are right now. You can't roll into and week this, one. And last year we were out. saying the same thing. Yes. Look at this defense. They're going to be good. They're going to be there, all this. And that's the whole point is yeah. that they made a change. They invested in that defensive front. They didn't just sit nope. here and say, okay, we'll see if the young guys in the interior of the line show up. And they made a change at defensive coordinator. They let go a guy that they personally liked, and they brought in somebody who's one of the biggest taskmasters in the NFL. Yeah. So, again, like, don't compare. Okay, so last year didn't work, and they're making a change. And then the other thing, Adam, you're sitting here and saying, what happens if it doesn't go well week one? You're just going to give up on the whole season? <laughs> you know what? A few years ago, no. in Kevin Stefanski's <laughs> first season, I, I was there when it went awful against the Ravens. It was yeah. the worst week one showing I've perhaps ever seen in my entire life. And you know how the Browns ended that season? By going to the playoffs and beating the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. I, don't I give am, up the, after one week. I get what you're saying. I'm not saying I'd write off the season. But the idea, I think we're going in circles at this point. It's fine. If you if you believe that, that 
uh, that that playing well with ten plays against against a backup offense against a quarterback that's never going to play in the NFL is meaningful. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I don't see it that way. I think in Cleveland we spent too much time telling ourselves how good we are before we've proven that we're good. And that's what you got. You got to win when it matters. You got to play well. Yeah, when it matters. but I don't think anybody's saying it's an either or. I don't think anybody. I don't agree with that. Celebrating the preseason. Yeah. All right. Well, you would know better because you do wake up in that city and you're listening to talk radio in that city. So I will give you that. It's delusional if you're sitting and thinking that you've won anything with the preseason. But you can see signs of hope in the preseason. You yes. can see things to be optimistic about in I the agree. preseason. You can also see where you may potentially need some help, which is what is going on this week with all this roster maneuvering. Would and you agree? See, see and I agree happens. with everything you said there. Would you agree it is laughable that people think Dorian Robinson Thompson is good based on three preseason games where he's played like a quarter or a half? Good is such a weird word for me. I there think are, he's there are, there are actually people I think in our he's fan showing base. enormous I think yeah. he's showing enormous promise. I think that he's given you everything you could have wanted in the preseason and something more. And that goes to work ethic, that goes to attitude, that goes to approach. And even though they weren't shopping Josh Dobbs, and even though that phone call for Josh Dobbs surprised them, they're not making that move if they don't think that he is promising, that he's showing potential, and that he is good enough to be the number two quarterback. They're not bringing in another quarterback here to be Deshaun Watson's backup. And I spent a lot of time talking to Deshaun Watson about this because I've also spent a lot of time with a lot of teams where they had a veteran quarterback who still had a veteran in the quarterback room because it was someone to talk to. It was someone's brain to pick. It was someone that you trusted to say, hey, what'd you just see there out there? What'd you just see out there on the field? I mean, think about Ben Roethlisberger all those years with Charlie Batch or with Bruce Gradkowski or even with Landry Jones, as opposed to with a young guy. I mean, is Ben Ben Roethlisberger is ostensibly going into the Hall of Fame. He doesn't need to pick somebody's brain, but he wanted to have an older guy in the room. And so I asked Deshaun about that. And he said, yeah, Josh Dobbs is obviously one of the smartest guys in the league. Josh Dobbs obviously has played in the AFC North, who, so he has a ton of familiarity with the AFC North. But he also said he's excited for Dobbs to get a chance to start, and he's a veteran. And also, Dorian Thompson Robinson is making an active effort to be an asset. And I can tell you this, and I told you this, I think, just a week ago. I watch him on the sideline. He is engaged in every single conversation that the quarterbacks are having or that Deshaun Watson is having with Alex Van Pelt or Kevin Stefanski in a way that Kellen Mond wasn't. He's sitting right there. He's listening. He's sticking his head in. He's looking at the tablet, too. He's asking questions. So he recognizes that part of being in that room is, again, I'll use his word, being an asset to the starting quarterback. Browns aren't making this move if they don't think that he can be all of those things. Aditi, I just want to make a, a quick analogy. Now, you work on, on the sidelines and, and in your profession, um, you do hours and hours of research on both of these teams just to get the opportunity to possibly say three, four times on air a question to get one of these players or to speak. I kind of compare that to, you know, when we talk about whether practice or preseason games, do you find that your preparation uh, during the week is akin to preseason games and getting acclimated so that you prove and show your worth on those three to four questions with the work you put in prior? I'll give you a perfect example of that. So during the regular season, one of the worst things that a sideline reporter can ever, ever, ever do is speak over a snap. The most important thing is that the play-by-play guy gets to say exactly what happens. You cannot be talking over a play. If you remember a year ago, I went viral with that Tua story. I had to tell that story in, I think, 20 seconds in between plays. In the preseason, my producer has told me, you can talk over the plays. It's the preseason. You interview guys on the field and we talk over plays. Don't worry. But whenever I had a story to tell or a report or an injury update, I made sure I talked in between snaps because I need those reps of having that timing down. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, week one, I screwed up. 
because I talked transitions. When I say I screwed up, I tried transitioning off of what Joe Thomas said, and then there'd be a snap, and I realized that I didn't necessarily get the most important point in that I wanted to because I took too long to get to it. That's the preseason. So I was better with my updates and my reports week three than I was week one, at least for mine, week four, week two, whatever, however you're looking at it. Then when I and that's how you want it to work. That's what the operation in the preseason is. So yes, perfect analogy. Thank you very much, G. You're welcome, Aditi. I love fighting with you on the air. It's good arguing with you, uh, and let, that takes me to my next story. So I went to Pittsburgh. Oh I was supposed to go to Pittsburgh. We were planning to go for the yesterday afternoon game, and at the last minute it was like three o'clock on saturday right the, the cubs and pirates are playing at seven fifteen saturday night and at three o'clock i got a, a note you know on wherever i was looking that the cubs were calling up one of their top pitching prospects to pitch saturday night he's gonna make his major league debut so my wife was out i called her i said we're going to game tonight forget tomorrow i want it because if this guy becomes the next great cubs pitcher we could say we were at his first game so we get in the car, we probably get, we got going uh, probably about 4.30, all right? We got 4.30, no traffic, but once we got to downtown Pittsburgh, a little traffic, you right by the stadium. Sure. I thought it'd be empty because the Pirates stink, so I thought there'd be no Pirate fans there, but what I didn't realize, it was, it was fireworks night. So uh. the place was sold out. The game was, if it wasn't sold out, it was close to sold out. So anyway, we went down there uh, from a baseball perspective. The Cubs pitcher they called up, a kid named Jordan Wicks, was their first-round pick two years ago. First batter of the Pirates hits a home run. Next batter a single. Next batter a walk. He goes 2-0 and to the fourth batter. Pitching coach comes out. He then retires 15 batters in a row with nine strikeouts. Did great. Got his first major league win. So he turns into a great player. But there was this couple sitting in front of us. I wanted to beat the shit out of both of them. Now, I would never hit a woman, so I, you know, I'm not going to do that. But the guy I really... Now, he probably could have kicked my ass because he looked like he was 20 years younger than me. But it's one of those... Did you ever go to like a, a anything? A sporting event, a show, and there's a couple sitting in front of you that they're kind of newish on the dating. They're trying to impress each other. Every 10 seconds, they're making Instagram freaking videos. They're both drunk. They're both obnoxious. And I'm blaming you because it's your city. They were out of line, these people, and you got to get them under control, will you? Okay, first of all, how do you even know they were from Pittsburgh? What if they were just like you and they driven in from Cleveland? They were That's Pirate fans. That's a yeah. great point. Uh, nobody nobody wants to the Pirates outside of I mean, Pittsburgh. Aditi uh, right is now. taking school she today. This is Aditi, they were, definitely, they were definitely from Pittsburgh. I heard the Yinzer yeah, accent well, on, on them. I'm going to be on the radio with you, okay, if this is the way I'm treated. What's that? And let me tell you something else. The girl was basically naked. She was basically... I don't understand how some people dress. This girl was basically naked. Her I mean, first you asked me to defend tool. Kate York. Then you asked me to defend Jim Schwartz and his defense. And now you want me to defend people that I've never even seen or met and know nothing about? Come on now. And it's not my city. I just live there. But everybody... I, I'm kidding. But you, you know, you, everybody's... You've seen that couple, right? They're, they're so obnoxious. Who wants yeah. the Instagram videos? They're not even... They didn't pay it. You could tell even the people that they were with didn't want them to be there. There were like three other women sitting there. They were like, oh, God. Well, who, who invited this, these idiots to the game? We all know people like that, oh, though. Oh, God. They're the I mean, worst. it's part of storytelling, I guess, right? Yeah. All right, guys. See ya. I really apologize Get for those my kids children. in line, will you? Bye, Aditi. Talk to you later. Hey, this is the best you've ever Bye, been, Aditi. This is, hey, you it. killed it today. Salute to you. Aditi and shout out to your kids. <laughs> See you later. Awesome. Before we get to our next topic, yeah. we're going to talk about the receivers and what to do now with the loaded receiver room for the Browns. I do want to remind you guys that there are two membership tiers to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, starters tier and coaches tier for a buck ninety-nine. In the starters tier, you get custom loyalty badges and emojis in the chat. For four ninety nine a month, you get those same starter tier perks, plus overtime videos, membership shout-outs, discount codes for merch, and much, much more. Why do people feel the need to get wasted at sporting events? Because it's fun to get wasted Come sometimes. On, grow man. up. Yeah. I mean, as long as why can't you have fun without getting wasted? If, I don't understand if, that. If you get drunk and as long as you drive professionally, yeah. you don't drive. You get an Uber and you don't put your hands on nobody. You're not obnoxious. I mean, but they are. But uh, inevitably, there are not this guy. This guy was had the most punchable face. Some people say I have the most punchable face. It's up there. Like <laughs> I'm fine. I'm. I'm. I, you know, top five punchable faces. You got Trump. You got me. 
You got, uh, who did I say had a punchable face? Uh, Aaron Rodgers has a punchable face. I, I, I know where this is going, and we can punch a lot of people. Yeah. But we still have two major topics. Oh, we calm down with the major to. topics. We we'll got to get them. them in, Bull. We'll get to them. Go ahead, Earl. <laughs> no, Let no, Earl make his point. No, I, I'll say this. Yeah. I used to tailgate before every single Browns game, and yeah. I never left the Muni lot not drunk, right? Yeah. Sometimes, and this is just being drunk sometimes is fun. As long as you don't do nothing crazy to cause harm to somebody else or yeah. to, to find yourself in jail, you yeah. got to live a little, man. You can be I, dead tomorrow, why, man. Have some fun. You, Kick it a little bit. Why can't you have fun? I have you know me, I have fun all yeah. the time. There, there are people like that, though. But I get I, it. give me some tequila. And yeah. we have, let's turn up no, a little bit. I don't, yeah. I don't mean like a little fun drunk. I mean wasted, where you can barely speak. And oh, well, like, well, that's well, how this guy well, was. I've been yeah, there before. Yeah, 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 I've been there before. Yeah, yeah, that, Early 20s when you first start drinking, I think yeah. we've all been there before. Get your ankles yeah. twisted. Yeah, yeah, yeah me just, too. I mean, I've just, been there. Yeah. But this guy wasn't you early just, 20s. He just walking. And maybe had a rough week. This girl, by the way, the girl was way out of his league. He was a tool nugget, and and uh, this uh, well, was smoking well, you, hot. You, you, you a tool nugget? <laughs> and you dry snitching. You can't. That's a, you can't say that. You can't. You I can't, can't say that. No, you can't say that. If a man, if you once you get past her age, yeah, and and a man is with a woman, she's yeah. with him for some reason. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I don't think they're married, though. I, I mean, but... She's probably... But she looked like a big loser also. Anyway. <laughs> you done downgrade Damn! Her. She was hot. Now you da- did you downgrade her? <laughs> She's a loser. She all on social media. Honey, like, let him live, boy. Let him live. No. Man. Let him live. No. Let him live. Dad, you can't hate like that. Anyway, let's get to the wide receivers, yeah, guys. Speaking of Mike's living, Marquise Godwin back from the dead, essentially. Uh, wow. Jeez, Mike. What is going on here? Holy I'm cow. Not really. He was... We didn't think he was going to play this year. We did He's not. Upgraded. We, we were talking out our ass because we didn't really know. But Chris Godwin is back from the dead, apparently, according to Mike. Jeez. Uh, uh, yeah, is, what does that mean? What is the, the let us, finger like let, that? Let, explain that to let you. us all pray. That's the Austin Powers. Let us all pray. Oh, yeah. that's what it is? Hey, yeah. I let, think those movies all suck. Let's, Do you like go, Austin Powers? Yeah, I used to think they was funny. We, 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 we're we're going to get back on track with this. Let's yeah. see. Yeah, Marquise Goodwin, shout out to him. I'm glad first, he's healthy. First and foremost, like shout out to him and, him and his family. Um, he came on the show. He had a great interview, uh, yeah. just, just what he does. But but I, I kind of reiterated it and kind of alluded to this earlier in the show. Deshaun Watson saying, oh, listen, we going. it's going to be fireworks, right? One of the things that we all felt was missing from this roster, and I still felt it as I watched Deshaun Watson this preseason, was the vertical threat. We talk about Anthony Schwartz not being able to make this team. He's cut. He was the guy with the speed. We talk about Jakeem Grant, who they were going to put on the team. We thought he was gone, but they were just keeping that's him. In, that's incredible, by the way, that's, that he comes back and his first play, he tears his knee yeah, again. I, and I know and I know that how sucks. disheartening that is. I saw my ACL uh, against, uh, we were playing Phillip Rivers at NC State yeah. uh, years ago, 2001 or something. I tear my ACL. I had surgery on it December 13th. And when you tear your ACL, you know you know exactly the day. It's like your children. You know when they're born. Yeah. I had surgery on this knee December 13th. And then I worked my way back all summer, stayed on campus. And then the week before we played Pittsburgh, I tore this ACL. Had oh. my Eight months later, tore my ACL. My left knee had surgery on August 24th. Oh. I say that to say this. Shout out to Jakeem Grant because I know how hard it is to work that way. Come back. It's just devastating that mentally. Sucks. But he was going to provide some speed on special teams. He's going to provide a punch, too, and he's out for the season. So now you're looking at an offense that is, yes, has some pieces of parts, but Amari Cooper's not a burner. Donovan Bruce-Jones is not a burner. Elijah Moore, they want to use as a gadget guy or, or moving around, do some things. He's speedy, but he doesn't have that long speed like Marquise Goodwin. You go back to OTAs, you see the two deep balls that he completed, and he's a guy that can run and catch the football. This was huge news. But let me ask you this. Huge. You think he's going to be ready to play week one? 
I don't. I'm, I, throwing, I'm throwing caution to the wind. Yeah, I he, think it's great that he's that yeah. he's activated. Yeah, and I think it's it's cool for us to look look at as fans and people who cover this team of the right. potential of the wide receiver room with him in it. But he's dealing with or coming off of blood clots in his lungs and in his legs, and those are two very serious areas to have blood clots. And so you know, just to see him working his way back is like okay. Let's take baby steps with this, but I don't want to start imagining or pencing him in as a contributor immediately. Maybe after the first four, maybe after the bye week. Let's say they activated yeah, him, but maybe know. after the bye week, he can become a contributor. But I don't think that just because he's been activated, that now all of a sudden Deshaun Watson has that weapon disposable yeah, to him immediately. I guess we'll see. I mean, on one hand, I see what G sees because I'm like, well, it wasn't a muscle pull. It wasn't a strained calf. And the, so, doc- and the doctors aren't going to put him in harm's way. Right, they way. wouldn't have allowed him to be activated if if it, he was yeah. at, if they thought he was at risk. However, what what's his conditioning right now? Has that, he been able to run? Has he been able to big do all those things? I don't know. It is two weeks till the start of the season, so it's possible he plays week one. I would think maybe he doesn't, but at some point, even if it's not week one, if it's not he week does one. provide a potential threat that they don't really have. Even if it's, say it's some, it takes him a month to get acclimated, yeah. to learn his playbook, all yeah. the, for, for what we're saying, he, he's been... I bet it doesn't take him that long. He's a savvy vet. He's been around he's forever. Been, and he's been he's at the been facility. Here, yeah. He's been in, in, in a room and doing his studying, so yeah. I think that won't be an issue. Even if it's take he don't play to the third game, I yeah. still think that's a huge factor because that factor scares teams. It opens up the playbook. Now all the underneath stuff is happening. And that's one of the, my big concerns going in to the to the season was when I saw that Schwartz got cut and I knew that Jakeem Grant had towards me up. I'm like, yeah, they, that's the the missing piece to this offense. Guys, let's talk about the depth of the wide receiver group. We know. Or I assume Goodwin's going to be on the team, right? So we know that there's five spots definitely accounted for. If they only keep six, then the last spot will come down to David Bell and Austin. Why can't I think of Austin's first name? That is his first name, yeah. Austin Watkins. Uh, he did, Austin Watkins had a great start to the preseason, didn't really do much yesterday. In the end, I still think, even though it shouldn't, uh, the, the, the facts are that Austin Watkins never ran with the first team at all. Mm-hmm. Never. If they keep six wide receivers, I'll be very surprised if they keep Watkins over Bell. You may not like that because Watkins had a better preseason, but Bell's lined up with the first team some. Watkins has not. That tells you something. Now, maybe they'll keep seven receivers and they'll both be here, but I think they're more likely to keep six, and I don't think as good a preseason as he's had, I don't think Watkins is going to be on the team. I I agree for the record. I don't. I disagree with that. I think that... When I look at what David Bell did last year and when I look at what he's done this year, you can argue that Austin Watkins has made more of or just about the same amount with the opportunities given to him than David Bell has. Now, I do agree with the fact he's never ran with the ones. That was one of the things that I really wanted to see against Kansas City because I'm a guy who believes that Austin Watkins is going to make the team right. and possibly be a contributor. But if he factor. was going to make the team, and wouldn't so, they have given them those So it was like, okay, let's see him with the ones. And yeah. the fact that Kevin Stefanski didn't put him out there with the ones, it kind of raised some eyebrows, so to speak. But when I look at, you know, just the physique, just what I've seen from him in preseason this year, and I understand David Bell has made some plays as well. It's just something in my gut says he's the better player to keep at wide receiver six than David Bell. And I get it. David Bell was a draft pick last year. We all know how this organization rolls, right? They don't like to give up on guys that they drafted. And then people can point to, well, he won the award to be in the best receiver in the Big Ten. I call BS on that, right? Yeah, you did tell you he beat out Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Yeah, Yeah, stop. All that's cool and all, but he ain't even on that level. But but in the end, whatever you think should happen – uh, to me, in the end, I think the reality is when he didn't play with the ones, yeah. I don't think they look at him as a, a guy but, on the But team. you know what, Bull? I'll, I'll say this as well, and I, I've had some days to think on this. Regardless of who they keep as the six-wide receiver, um, I don't think it's going to matter much, right? Because I think that you're going to see probably four to five of those wide receivers have an impact. And we keep forgetting the fact that, you know, these tight ends is a part of the pass-catching group as well. And these tight ends are going to be contributive factors. And I always go back to Jordan Akins, a guy that he played with in Houston, seems to be a guy that he has high chemistry with, and a guy that, along with David Njoku, should have a pretty good season. 
And so these guys are deaf guys in case somebody gets hurt. I don't look at them yeah. to, to be the contributing factors that I did. Maybe I well, was drinking the Kool-Aid after, yeah. after the first couple, because uh, I was with Jay saying yeah. he might be wide receiver well, three. The, the reality I, is, I jumped out the jump with that one. Yeah, the reality is that whoever makes a team with Watkins and Bell, even if they both make it, mm-hmm. they're probably going to be inactive on game days. Yeah. Because you're not having more than five wide receivers active. Yeah, especially and, with two or three tight ends. Right, and you know that if God, well, unless Godwin's not ready to go, then maybe one of them. But you know that Tillman, if they're healthy, Tillman and Godwin will be four and five yeah. and will be active on game day. Gee, my, pro- my problem is, you know, it's a lot of political stuff that go on, right? You know, well, could, could you see Austin Watkins Jr. get cut this year? You could see that because here's the thing. It could be on the practice squad. I, he's not going to make the practice squad. He ain't making a practice squad. He's Why? not. He's too I good. Gotta imagine some you don't think there's a guy on, on many other teams no, in the league that, he's not, that, are, that have had 200 no, yards in the preseason? No, no, no. look it up. No. It, listen, it don't even got to do with, with the yardage. It's, it's the types of catches he made. It. I've seen him make one-handed catches. I've seen him make back shoulder catches. I've seen him catch the ball and run. I've seen him go high point to football. He will not be on a practice squad. Somebody's going to grab this guy and put him in the You know what I just playing. thought about? You know what's the team, and this team is in our division. They uh, all did play one more. They game. all te- they always seem to go get wide receivers. They never really get wide receivers in the first round. They develop these wide receivers to be a ballers, and they've done so probably for the last ten to fifteen years. And I think it don't get talked about. You know what that is? The Pittsburgh Steelers. Can you imagine a team like that going to get? Because I, I I'm with Mike. Austin Watkins is not he making is it. Not he's not he's making the it to no practice squad. That had two hundred or more receivers. Yeah, but that's not fair because he's he's played. They played four games. These other teams played three. I mean, he had one. Catch okay, he had one catch for twelve yards yesterday, so that kind of balances right. balances yeah, out. Yeah, but he had one catch for twelve he yards. Played one more game, he had one more opportunity. You got to you got to go right yards here. per game. In yards per game, he is fifth. He bought out. No, really fourth because the one guy only played one I game. I mean that that's but I'm not looking at just the stats. I'm looking at I don't I'm play. not convinced he's gonna be playing. I, I just I, don't I'm looking at can you play? My thing he can is play. can you come out and play? David Bell has has not outperformed him in any way, shape, or form in three years. Two years. My th- he, he's he does not have the physical traits that he has. David Bell has not Outplayed him. The, the, now, will the Browns keep him on the team because he's a third-round pick? There's a chance. You can go look at the track record. They just cut Anthony Schwartz. And if you don't think this, when you're in a, in, a, in a general manager's office, they got a big whiteboard, right? And they got where you was drafted and what year you was drafted. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at that big whiteboard, Anthony Schwartz, third-round pick, you just cut him this year, that means you missed. Jordan Elliott, third-round pick, he might not make the roster. That means you missed on that again. Uh, Phillips, he's been here four years. He's injured again. You missed on Stinks. that one. You, you, so keep going. Kate York. Kate York, I got a big decision to make on a fourth-round pick. Didi really th- is convinced you, he's staying. Hey, Demetri like Felton, you was a fifth-round pick. Yeah. So you start adding these picks up, and these are all misses, 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 and it's close at the end of the year, and you may not have the year you want, you could possibly – be on the bubble. They may let Stefanski go and say, well, let me look at Andrew Barry. He did acquire this, this. But let me look at his drafts. Yeah. And if all his draft picks are getting shadow round, it does not look good that you yeah, missed true. on a fourth-round pick that's fair. and an undrafted free that's agent right. beat him out. Now, you did bring in that undrafted free agent, yes, too. Yes, But in the end, I don't know, it, hopefully it doesn't matter who their sixth receiver is because yeah, hopefully if you stay healthy, that guy's not going to play much Hopefully, hopefully it don't even come down to that. Yeah, but yeah. you know, we've, we've done this. I mean, Amari Cooper, one. Donovan Peoples-Jones, two. Elijah Moore, three. Elijah Moore, three. I thought he was going to uh, have 1,500. No, I'm, I'm just, just, I'm just going to yeah. like, yeah. Cedric Tillman. Yeah. We would say and Marcus Goodwin. Goodwin. Five. So, yeah. I, I don't think the Browns keep more than, than six. Yeah, no. Like, I'm one of those Probably people not. that believe that you're gonna, they are going to keep three tight ends. They might not do a lot of 12, 13 personnel. Yeah. I still think you'll keep three tight ends. Most so, teams do. To me, six wide receivers, three tight ends, that's nine pass catchers. But, but Mikey, here's, here's my thing. I'm going to ask you this question. Yes. How is it that DTR can play so well that he becomes the second team quarterback, but preseason don't count? But, uh, because, it, but Watkins can play catching the football from DTR, but, and he, that don't count. Well, I would say, well, first of all, we don't know that it doesn't count, to be fair. Number two, Preseason games are part of the puzzle, right? Right. They're part of the puzzle, just like classrooms. Just like maybe DTR is fantastic in all the things we don't see, and maybe Watkins is just okay in the things we don't see. 
Maybe. I'm, I'm not saying that's the case. Yeah. To your point, and this goes back to Earl, and I've seen a lot of people say they're going to keep seven receivers or think they should keep seven. First off, you only really have five active on any given game right. day. Mm-hmm. So yeah. six and seven is kind of a luxury. And the six and seven you do have, they better be special teams aces. And I'm not sure we've seen Bell and or Watkins in particular play no. very much on special teams. So those guys very unlikely to get in the rotation, even if they do make the roster, if everyone's healthy. Godwin's health, obviously a concern. But if you're going to be a sixth or seventh, especially a seventh, you better be a special teams ace. And unless I'm missing something, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, I don't think Watkins no. has made an impact on special teams. I mean, I haven't seen him on special, special teams. No, I haven't either. Yeah, I don't I think so either. either. So that's why I lean towards Bell being the guy yeah, they we'll keep see. as opposed to Watkins. We'll see. I wouldn't be surprised, by the way, and I agree with Earl that they're going to keep three tight ends. I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up going out of the organization for another tight end. I wouldn't be surprised if they go out of the organization for another running back, even though they just did They're going to keep four, and we're going to get to that in a sec. Yeah. They're going to have four running backs on the 53-man roster. Why do you say that? I pretty confident in that. I don't, and me and Earl talked about this morning, so you want to just transition to the running backs? Yeah. Let's go right. I got one more fast read. We'll talk a little running backs yeah. here as it ties everything together. But, guys, we mentioned it before. We are at record. I can't wait to tell you all the numbers. Wait till you all see the damn roof. I've been looking. I've been all in the chat. Yeah. Hello, Through everybody. The damn roof. Thank you to everyone out there. Were they getting Hit mad at me like when button. I was arguing with them? Oh, they was going crazy with you. They was going crazy. Yeah, they, but they, they they were because they misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm, let me just clarify, okay? Because people misunderstand, and I know they're not going to hear what I, they, they only hear what they want to hear. I'm not saying the Browns defense isn't going to be good. Not saying that at all. I think it's going to be very good. I'm saying that the preseason doesn't prove that they're good. That's my only point. I'll just not say that this. they're not going to be good. I'll just say this to the people in the UCSS. Chat, I'll say that about every team. To, and, and to the people that's watching at home, good, bad, or indifferent, whether you agree, disagree, whether you, whatever the case may be, I personally appreciate you taking time out today and pulling up on us. You can be doing anything that you want to, and you're here with us. So shout out to Even y'all. the haters. I love Thank you, you, haters. I love you. And whether you love us or hate us, hit the like button because it's free. Do Let's us a go. Favor. Hit Let's that go. like and go subscribe Go ahead, Mike. Button. Let's get to the running backs after you read. Well, that was the read. I just want to tell people to like and subscribe. <laughs> we had it. all our reads in today. Uh, so we're going to combine Nick the Chubb, two running back segments. Mike, uh, yeah, so it, uh, we'll get to the trade in a second. But let me just say this. Nick Chubb better not get hurt. Because even though running backs are sometimes treated as a dime a dozen, Nick <laughs> Chubb is not a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. He's very important to this team. And in your 32 and 32, he's number eight. He's number eight. I think you guys dropped the ball having Nick Chubb eight. I mean, that's I just, think in hindsight, I disagree with my own rankings on this one. Where I had him eight. Who had him? Uh, like, I, I'm not even. Re- I can't, man. Me and Anthony tell Mike all the time. This list was like, I don't know who's where on the list. I don't know where I had Nick Chubb or or anything like this. But while, yeah. while they're going through that, I will say this: Me and Mike did have a conversation this morning, and to me, you know, the fact that you traded for a running back. It spells out a lot of different things. I agree, first and foremost. Nick Chubb cannot get hurt. That's Nick Chubb gets good. hurt is different. I remember he echoed what you just said when he was on the Pivot podcast, and he talked about that. A lot of people has this assumption that anybody can come in and just do what I do. And he said, that's exactly why I work so hard to always separate myself. But we, we've heard all this noise about Jerome Ford. They love Jerome Ford. They believe Jerome Ford is this guy, this, that, and the third. You suffered a soft tissue injury, a soft tissue injury that pretty much kept you out the entire camp, all the preseason, and I highly doubt that you'll be ready for week one. And like I told him, when you got those hamstring issues, those soft tissue issues, that's something that's probably going to linger for the entire season. So the Browns definitely had to go out there and get another running back. We all know Demetri Felton ain't it. John Kelly ain't it. Mm -mm. And to be totally honest with you, Pierre Strong, yeah, that's a nice little trade because you, they needed offensive line depth. You need a running back depth, but I'm still not sure they're not even done shopping. For no, a I don't back. think I don't think they're necessarily done there either. Pierre Strong, was, as a rookie last year, was drafted before Jerome Ford. He did have ten carries for 100 yards, which is obviously very oh, impressive. But it was nice. only ten carries. He didn't play much. Mike, what we get, oh, well, what's the breakdown? The three of you on Nick Chubb? I had him at nine. Those two had him at eight, and I think I'm wrong. In my in my you know where I have Nick Chubb conf- on my list? Probably two. No, not that high. Oh, listen. Five. I got five. him at five. You know I what? just told Anthony, I would put him at six. In my recalculations, I think he should be six. Now, McNuggets, you, I, I have him at two. You have him at two. I, I have, have Miles two. Garrett. 
I have him at two. Wow. And the reason I got him at two is I've been doing the research on it, and you guys can let me let me know if I'm wrong. But in the last 30 or 40 years, I cannot think of, I would just say 30. So you just go since 99. I can't think of an elite quarterback, top five type talent quarterback with a top five running back. I'll give you one. What's that? I we ran just before that the Rams. Well, Rams. Yeah, I mean, Peyton Rams. Manning had Edge and James. Peyton Manning had Marshall Falk too, didn't he? Or was, Pe- it, was Falk no, gone by no, then? No, no, he Falk had Edge. He had Edge. Edge James at that Edgerton time. Edge James was um, Edge James was a beast. He was. Yeah. He, don't you do he that? Was, I, but I'm, I'm just saying. That. I'm just saying. I'm trying to say if he's, is he a top? If you if I at that time he was probably top two or three. So, I mean, Roethlisberger had Bettis. Yeah, he did. At the end of his and Le'Veon Bell, but. But I think this will be controversial. I and the people that were hating me will like me on this one, though. Uh, I think that Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, I saw in Houston, is a better quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger. Now, he hasn't proven anything when it matters, <coughs> but I think he's a better quarterback. And Nick Chubb is definitely better than Jerome Bettis, who's is he in the Hall of Fame? Jerome Bettis? I don't care. He is in the Hall of Fame already. But yeah. I would take Nick Chubb over Jerome and, and Bettis. I would any take, other and week. I would take him over Edron James. Yeah. Now, what I'm saying is when you. The dynamic, if you got two of those guys, now it changes things. Because we talked about with, with Nick Chubb, people think they can come in and do what I, I can do. No, no, no. You got a guy that's averaging 5.3 yards per carry. Yeah. And now you got a quarterback who you can't just afford to just leave out here like he can make the yeah. throws. So now the offense is different. Now it's like. Pick your poison. And I don't think that when you look at defenses out there, defenses are equipped to do one thing. Defenses now are equipped to have a pass rusher and corners to stop the passing game. You can't do both at once. You cannot stop the run and stop the pass at the same time. So if you want to stop the pass, Nick Chubb's going to get you six yards running the ball downhill right. against corners, safeties, and small linebackers. And he always he makes the first man miss more than any yeah, running back. Uh, we've we've seen him even more than Derrick Henry, which is hard to believe because Derrick Henry's probably got him by 20, 30 pounds. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've been using G's expression a lot. There's levels to this, right? Very you weird. talk about not anybody can do it, right? Like, a guy could do it for one game. Like, I can bring in some slappy running back, and he might be able to do what Nick right. Chubb do for one game, mm-hmm. but he can't do it consistently over a season. Nick Chubb, even Nick Chubb's not great for 17 games. There's going to be some games he doesn't have a good game. Or they're behind and you know they can't get to him, whatever. But consistently, ninety-five percent of the time, Nick Chubb's going to play great. These other backs who do it once in a while, they can't do that if they played every week. That's it. It's just like with a backup quarterback. Like I can trust Jacoby Brissett or or um, what's his name, Ryan Fitzpatrick. A couple of weeks, okay, we can go with those guys. But I don't want them my quarterback for seventeen weeks because I know they're not good enough to be good for seventeen weeks. That's it. Nick Chubb. Is, brings another level to this offense that nobody else on this team is close to, right? He is, he is, he should, you're right, he should be even higher than five because even, but we're so used to saying running back doesn't matter, running back doesn't matter. On this team, it does. Obviously, it doesn't matter more than Deshaun Watson. Right. That would be a bigger mm-hmm. loss. But Nick Chubb, I would say, would might even be a bigger loss than Miles Garrett, which is insane. But just no. because, the only reason no. I say that, is because the Browns' D-line is good without Miles Garrett. Right. I think it will be good. It should be good without Miles Garrett. Not elite like it can be with Miles Garrett, but still good. Their running back group is nothing. Besides, it's all Nick Chubb. No, the I, rest of the guys are nothing. Listen, and, and it's funny because you set it up, you know, not to go back to the running back conversation we had about the value of the running back position, but this is why I love the comments that Andrew Berry made at the beginning of training camp when he talked about evaluating that position. He says, man, listen, you can't evaluate the running back position as a whole. You need to go situation by situation, (laughs) team to team. Because some teams like the Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns and the San Francisco 49ers, you got guys that can make a huge difference in the outcome of your game. These are not just your everyday running backs. And like Nick Chubb said, I put in the work to separate myself, right? And I've told you all this on this set before. Growing up for me, I'm 35 years old. And growing up early 2000s, Adrian Peterson was that dude. LaDainian Tomlinson was that dude. And we, trans- we, tra- we, we, we progress here to 2023, and we talk about the running back position not holding the same value. 
And I always ask myself the same question when evaluating Nick Chubb. When I look at Nick Chubb, do I see a guy with Adrian Peterson's potential and could possibly get to that level? Do I see a guy that got... I think he's already at that level. Do I see a guy with LaDainian Tomlinson potential and can get to that level? And every single time, I tell myself, yes. And that's why I've always viewed Nick Chubb's situation at running back different than any other back in the league. I don't care about what the market is for every other running back. Tell me what the market is for Nick Chubb, number 24, for the Cleveland Browns. Because his situation is totally different from their situations. You cannot box him in with everybody else when he constantly shows you he stands out. And he said on the Pivot Podcast, he said two high safeties. He said when Deshaun is in, I'm seeing two high safeties because Deshaun Watson has the ability to take the top off the uh, of the defense. So now you've got to play too high safety. And Nick Chubb says, I've never seen too high safeties in my life. It's just me. And like you said, <clears throat> he's been one of the most elusive backs. Not only the yards per carry, he's gonna, he makes people miss the most. He's elusive. He can run over you. He can run around you. He can catch the ball. He, can, he, he, he makes cuts that people don't normally see. And it's not just Nick Chubb. It's the combination of Nick Chubb and Deshaun Watson that is could be lethal because now you telling me, well, now you want to load the box? Well, I got Amari Cooper out here, and you can't cover him one-on-one. No. So what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, Nick Chubb is number one at breaking tackles, number one at yards after contact, and number one in, in fourth down production. I mean, those and, are the most You know what else things. he said in that podcast, man? He yeah. says, man, the goal is to take a team soul. He said, man, you beat a team down. You physically beat a team down by running the ball at them time in and time out. And it's like, this dude shows you, man, that he can take your soul. He seems to always make the right decisions on the football field, minus the Jets game, which he admitted to. But more often than not, he makes the right decisions on the football field and off the football field. Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb's importance to this team is like, to me, it's almost second to none. We talk a lot about Miles Garrett. We talk a lot about Deshaun Watson, man. But football is one and lost in the trenches. And I do know enough to know that when it get cold outside and, and that football is – is rock hard, you would prefer to turn around and be able Man, to hand it off to that a was guy pause. that you can that depend was, on. That was yeah. crazy, Paul. You, know I mean? <laughs> you, said, you said rock. You threw rock in front of me. I threw rock hard in front of me. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That Jeez. was wow. I had to Earl. take my hat off. This is a PG show, buddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. down here. Major pause. Uh, Earl's cursing all the time. He's out of control. Significant so to pause. improve the running back room over the weekend, yeah. the Browns traded Tyrone Wheatley to New England yeah. in exchange for Pierre Strong. The Browns also just waved Michael Dunn, by the way. They just did wave Michael Dunn. They waved Michael Dunn. Did you hear that? The Browns just waved Michael so Dunn. So they kept Forbes. It I guess so. It sounds like Forbes beat out Michael Dunn here. That's from Tom Pelissero and has been confirmed by Mary Kay Cabot. But back to the Pierre by, Strong By the trade. way, I tweeted this yesterday before the Pierre Strong trade, I, and I still feel this way. Kenyon Drake. I think the Browns should go sign Kenyon Drake. All right? I know he's older, but he was still an effective back for the Ravens last year. I like He's it. played in the AFC North. He can catch passes. I like. Him. I like bringing in a vet. what I got to pay him just over the minimum I, million dollars. I like King and Drake. Uh, he can return. I mean, a four and a half yards per carry for a career is pretty darn good. He he can got re- for a guy who's been around a while. He could return some kicks for you. Yeah, I mean, he can, uh, he's a flexible player. He's been on good teams. He's been in the AFC North. If I'm the Browns, I'm interested in this guy. If I, like I got him. a backfield of him. Uh, as well as uh, Pierre Strong. Now, I, lo- I like Pierre Strong. Yeah, I know Kenyon like, Drake. Yeah. If I, Nick I, Chubb has to sit a series, I know I, he can get me some first I, I like I like that. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, right now, uh, when we, we, we was looking at it with Kelly and uh, Demetrius Felton, that wasn't getting no, it done. No, no. And, and the Browns knew that immediately. They dropped, they brought the other dude in. He dropped the ball in the, on a handoff. Wilkins, he dropped the rock twice. He got to no. go. So, they need to, to me, we need two more backs. I know you saw my poll. They had Deshaun Watson oh as the uh, – <laughs> I put a poll up on Twitter. This was crazy. And I said, who do you think will be the Cleveland Browns' second lead in rush? And I think the options was Jerome Ford, Deshaun Watson, Elijah Moore, and other. I mean, anybody that would vote for Elijah – Deshaun Watson could be the second leading yeah. rusher. If you vote for Elijah Moore, you're insane. Uh, What's yeah. he going to have, 150 yards? Yeah, maybe. maybe. It was like 15% of the people voted for Elijah Moore. That's insane. <laughs> has he ever run – how much has he run the ball in his career? I think I do think Percy Harvin once was second on Seattle in rushing. And you see where – But where, then, like, it was he, one time. And you see where he ended up at. He too small. Or to maybe it was – no, it wasn't him. Debo finished second in was rushing. Was it Debo? Not last year. He was third last year. 
But I think two years ago he was second. But that's pretty unique. The odds yeah, of a yeah. wide receiver finishing second. Yeah. I know the Browns don't have a clear second back, but I, I would still bet on Watson having more yards rushing than, than Elijah Moore. Yeah, right. let's not act like he's yeah, like crazy. Yeah, he's not going to be taking <laughs> snaps, bro. We're not running him up the middle. Yeah, it was definitely time. interesting Wildcat. to see. No. Yeah, it was interesting to see how people would vote on that. Uh, I, I mean, you look at you look at Deshaun Elijah got the Moore, most votes. You said Deshaun Watson was like forty-seven percent. But you 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 look at Elijah Moore, and I think Percy Harvin, Debo Samuels. That's what the vision is. But it I was kind of shocked. Debo kind of those big. guys were proven I, I, players. I, I, I was they I was kind of shocked. If if I had I didn't vote, but if I had to vote myself, I would say it's going to be Deshaun Watson. As of now, if they signed a Kenyon Drake, I would say Kenyon Drake. Well, they, they did trade for Pierre Strong. Do you think yeah, Pierre, but Pierre Strong? Strong? I don't know that he can play. He's at ten NFL carries. Do you think he could be? Oh, I, I like running him. back two over Jerome Ford. He could I think be, he's running back three. But as of today, I would bet on Deshaun Watson. Yeah, being I, Mike, Mike, I think he's running back three. Like, let's say Jerome Ford for whatever reason misses an extended period of time. I just don't believe that this dude is still running back two. I think that. The running yeah. back two without Jerome Ford being healthy isn't on his team. I really think Demetri Felton and John Kelly are both gone. If I'm being totally honest yeah, with they, you, so oh, yeah, oh they're probably they're, yeah. So I don't even think I don't even know that Pierre Strong is 100 percent guaranteed to be on the team. They uh, traded a guy they were probably going to cut yeah, anyway. So like, I think he's going to be on the team, but I don't think it's 100. percent I just think he's a running play. back three. I think he he's a guy. He's he, he's I, a guy. I, I, potential. I I, I I like him. I like his speed. He plays special teams. He has a little bit of vision. He was rated higher coming out of college than Jerome Ford. That's right. He got drafted and higher. He was drafted exactly. higher too. So, to me, this guy, when you make a trade for a guy like Wheatley, who the Browns love linemen, that signals to me they're going to play this guy. And he played for Belichick. So, that you automatically get another star, even if you're garbage. You play mm, for Belichick. That's true. We're going to play. Yeah, that's, that's fair. All right, Mike, anything else before we, we uh, say goodbye here? No, I do want to say one thing about uh, Pierre Strong, though. So yeah. he went to South Dakota State during the COVID oh, season. Oh, was San Diego State. No, South Dakota State, yeah. the Jackrabbits. Uh, San Diego pause. State, the yep. Jackrabbits. How are you going to pause yep. an animal? Yeah, the Jackrabbits. Yeah. That's a can, mascot. Can bro. you imagine? Yeah. The pause pandemic has gotten way out of control. Can I have Darren imagine? Smith texting me pause. I have both texting us pause in the group chat. Yeah. I have what, Earl pausing. More importantly, can you mascot. imagine being a black dude living in South Dakota? Eight, Not at all. Like, what is happening there? I think the uh, like, ca- capital of South Dakota is is it Bismarck? Yeah. Is that North Dakota? That's North Dakota. No, Fargo. Oh. No, it ain't. No. Hold on, I'm looking it up. Like, have you ever know? Do you know anybody that's from South Dakota? Carson Wentz. Pierre. <laughs> Yeah, Pierre, South Dakota, in uh, North Dakota is Bismarck. But, yeah, nobody – can you imagine – no. North Dakota State is the only thing in North Dakota. South Dakota is – they – no, I'm not. See, like, I – there are states when, when I'm like um, – I'm like, well, I can't live in that state. I'm Jewish. I can't live there. I can't, I can't live in Alabama. What the hell? But you got as, – as a black person, you think of the same thing. There's, there's, there's states you're like, I don't, I'm not going to live there. And there's certain parts Whatever. of the city I don't even drive in. Right. right. In you're right. Exactly. exactly. If I'm being totally honest But the you. only difference is, you know, people don't know I'm Jewish just by seeing me. Yeah. Right? So, like, maybe I can hide. But, you know. Most of, most of the states in the Midwest are empty. <clears throat> yeah, Montana, 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 Wyoming. Wyoming, like the whole that, – Bunch that of old white a, people there. It, I don't want to live with a bunch of old white people. Well, I'm pissing people off now. That's it's fun. old. They're like, not old, but it's, yeah. it's empty. It's still all it is yeah. farmland. Mike, have you ever met anybody from South Dakota? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Like well, I know two athletes, Travis Hafner. Oh yeah, wow. from South Dakota. Wow. Bad job out of you for forgetting. Oh yeah. And Carson Wentz is from South Dakota. But as I was saying, real yeah. quick, South Dakota State played Sam yeah. Houston State in the FBS championship that season. It was yeah. COVID year. Sam Houston State was a team I covered when I was in College Station. 
Pierre Strong was the Jackrabbits' best offensive player that game, <laughs> and he was fast as hell. Like, I just remember seeing he was fast Jack as hell. So. Yeah, that's still oh, also it's, over seven it's, yards of carry. They, they it's Michael change Dunn's birthday to today. the bunnies or something. By the way, <laughs> did, did you hear that? What's that? Uh, the Browns tweeted out, happy birthday, Michael Dunn, 40 minutes before they released him. <laughs> happy birthday, Michael Dunn. And then they cut him. That's crazy. They might, uh, that is so funny. By the way, real quick, Friday night I went to Rocky River High School football. They're playing John Marshall. They were up 42-6 at halftime. John Marshall, I felt bad. They couldn't punt. They kept going for it, fourth down, like 15 in their own side of the field. I, I, I'll say this. And that this, was the final. This is just my appointment. Uh, yeah. my, my opinion, John Marshall was part of the Cleveland Municipal uh, School District. Yeah. The athletic, uh, you know, attention to CMSD uh, sports is not what it was when I was in high school, yeah. which sucks. It seems like if you're not Glenville, you don't get the resources necessary yeah. to, to build a quality uh, program when you play for a Cleveland Municipal School. And that's how you get kids off the streets. That's how you help them kind of like yeah. channel in on different things like yeah. that to tone in their focus. So uh, Rocky River may be good. They have a really good yeah, offense. Yeah, but I, I'm just yeah. saying like a, a school like John Marshall ain't never been good. Yeah. They ain't never been good. So. Uh, but shout out to the offensive coordinator, Rocky River. Shout Brent out Mike. to the ultimate Cleveland Coach Sports Downwater, Show. They look Fans, great. man, y'all rock today, man. Thank you all. Peace. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.